Welcome to another episode of the Pop Culture Roundtable, the podcast that's nailed one-third of the skills stop-motion animation, but we'll never tell which third. In this episode, we talk about Comic-Con at home, baskets, and just how much a website costs. I'm Andrew Sale. I'm Lauren Rubin. I'm Patrick Hill. So get ready to watch this thing on Frame by Frame, because it's time to get things started. There's another frame. kick every episode off by going around the table, which is where we talk about something new, fun, and noteworthy about our weeks. I'm going to start this week because Lauren is itching to say something, and so I'm going to talk so that she can <laughs> say the thing. Um, we've been... So here's a little peek behind the, the curtain. Lauren loves to talk about everything we're going to talk about on the show before we actually record, and we have yeah. to constantly remind her... Just stop asking questions. We'll answer it on the show so that we don't have to do this twice. Um, and because you, I'm lose- just like bad at awkward silences. And like whenever we're getting ready, like Andrew will like write the intro, and then I'm like, "Oh, what'd you guys do this week?" and stuff because I just I can't help and it. We're like Lauren, but you knock lose it the off. the surprise element. You <laughs> yes. you lose the real reaction. That's the. It's not that we don't have time to talk to you twice. No, yeah, it's not that. It's more of just the like. <laughs> it, otherwise. The, the responses that you that the, the listeners would get would be so manufactured. So we have to like actually catch no, up. No, I understand. Yeah. So anyway, all I that just... said, um, I, I did a little bit of drawing this week um, as I've been doing. And um, this week I drew, I took on the task of drawing Maui. And uh, if you're mm-hmm. not familiar with Maui, Maui big is the, the demigod from Moana. Um, he's this big uh, Samoan character with tattoos all over his body, played by The Rock. Mm-hmm. Um, Who is one really of your catchy song? personal heroes? The Rock is one of my personal heroes. That's true. Um, and so, so anyway, take, took that challenge to draw him. I think I got the likeness down in like 10 to 15 minutes. Like the, the drawing of him was done. You could tell who it was. Everything was like right where it was supposed to be, totally on model, whatever, in about 10 to 15 minutes. And then I started drawing the tattoos. <laughs> The tattoos, I'm not even kidding you. They took over three hours to draw these tattoos. Yeah. And I'm not surprised that Yeah, there's there's a lot. So I typically when I draw, I draw with my Baron Fig, which is just a normal pencil, like a you know, a graphite pencil. I have two pencils when I do these like Disney a day drawings. I have two pencils, one that's mm-hmm. very, very sharp that I sharpen, and the other one is slightly dull so I can get the like the like the um the rough yeah. lines down and then I go back with like the sharper soft. pencil yeah. to to lay down all the clean nice. lines and to, all the tie downs and everything. Um, well, for this one, I started laying down the tattoos with the the fine tipped pencil, the, the, the one that I would do the, all the finishing work with. But even that was too big for all the detail in these tattoos. And so I had to bust out um, a mechanical pencil to get it because the, the size of this thing, yeah. I posted in my stories um, to show for scale but the size of this thing is not very big the whole drawing is only about this big his whole body right. is oh. only about five inches tall and then probably I fit- half of a page in a barren fig right yes half it's a ha- it is it's almost exactly yeah. a half yeah, yeah. of a, a barren fig page um just centered up and uh and then all of it all of his tattoos of which there are many um I had to reference mm-hmm. so many different things. I pulled up a model sheet that they used for yeah. um, at like at Disney Animation. I pulled up one of their model sheets where it oh. had his entire body laid out flat, so I could see them. That's awesome. And then I had to go and like 
think of how they would actually shape around his body um, non-flat <laughs> so, awesome. to figure out where all that stuff would go. I love that you were able to find that because I definitely would have been like, and this part is made up. <laughs> yeah, so it's um, it, it was it was quite labor intensive. However, as much as I hated it in the moment, uh, post doing it, like I knew that there would be a good payoff and the, the payoff has been great. I've, ha- I've gotten a, a great response. I've even gotten a cool opportunity um, out of that and uh, someone to saw play it. play Maui in the live action adaptation. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Dwayne The yes. Rock Johnson called me and said, I was going to do it, but instead, can I have you do it instead? And I said, absolutely, Dwayne The yeah. Rock Johnson. Um, That's so awesome. Yeah. It was, I was, it's I really was cool. looking at it. I saw, so your Maui <laughs> popped up on my feed and my first thought was like, okay, it's another Disney character. <laughs> cool. Thanks, man. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for uh, keeping me humble. Going back and looking at it now, (laughs) I can see that there's a lot of detail. But I just think it's like, I think it's that thing of like, when you're so inundated with like great art all the time, then it's, it's hard to sometimes tell when something stands out, like from an, from an effort, like you, you start taking it for granted because it's so uh, competent that you don't know who spends an hour on something and who spends 400 hours on something. Right. It just, and it's so hard to tell. It's from my standpoint, I don't know the things that take a short amount of time or take a long amount of time. I was just about sure. to say that, yeah. Because like yeah. sometimes you'll see something that looks really simple, and it turns out it's like an absolute like pain in the ass to get to that point yeah. of looking mm-hmm. effortless. And other times things can look super complicated, and someone just threw up on a page. So no, I I totally yeah. get it, and it's been it's been fun doing these Disney a days. They started off pretty simple. They have gotten mm-hmm. if if you if you track back through my feed like I was spending like twenty minutes on these things and now mm-hmm. like now some of the collaborations that I'm doing with like Mariana are like we're actually Landing pairing the, the drawings together and we're layering them together and the, oh, the nice. pic, like we're doing one image but with two of us drawing different pieces to it so it's definitely gotten more challenging more uh, more out of hand but with all of that there's a payoff to it. Like someone noticed it and it has now given me an opportunity to, to do something fun that I'll talk about probably in the next couple months. Um, but anyway, what character it was, have you not think, done oh. that you like are chomping at the bit to do? I have a list that I'm going through. This is, That's a this good is question. My list. yeah, this is my list. Um, yeah, but uh, only give me one. What's what, like glancing at that list, mm-hmm. what's the character that, and maybe you you're afraid to do it because it's going to be a ton of work. I don't know, but what's the character you're looking forward to? Um, this honestly, I haven't updated this list yet. I'm done with this list except for one character. So uh, I pi- I've picked up a couple of of them between then. Uh, I mean, the only one that's left on here that I haven't done, and it was done as a sug- oh no, th- there's two that were that were given to me as suggestions. One that I want to do, one that I'm not necessarily thrilled to do. But um, Fred from hmm. Big Hero Six in his suit like yeah. the oh um, yeah like the monster mm-hmm. the flame yeah i don't know why i haven't drawn him yet he's super fun I, when i started drawing with mariana shifted gears i moved away from this list and we started talking about like stuff together so we were, we were always trying to do mm-hmm. like duos like i drew maui she drew moana um i drew jafar she I drew iago so cool. like that kind of thing so like we're drawing duos now so the list has has morphed but um, there's a bunch that I would still love to do. I, I don't know. I haven't. I should. I should take a minute to update my list, and then I could probably give you a better answer. But um, anyway, it's been fun. It's uh, and it it is actually starting to to show 
it's not a waste of time, I guess is what I'm saying. Like you could say like I spent three hours drawing tiny, de tiny, uh, detailed tattoos on an animated character just for fun. No one's paying me to do it. So like you could argue that's a waste of time. Um, but it turns into something. So anyway, uh, so there's a big that waste of time. If you're <laughs> uh, the, uh, <laughs> the other thing I saw, the Umbrella Academy has a game that is getting ready to come out on Well, I saw that you had this on your list. And I don't know anything about it. Yeah, so um, it is a card game that's coming out. It's coming out to Kickstarter. I don't know when Kickstarter... It says soon. I don't know oh. what that means. Um, but it's a card game where you play as one of the seven... Uh, or one of the six? Six? Family members? Um, the set. It's got all seven family members. You play together um, cooperatively to to battle these, uh, you know, the the enemies or whatever. But um, mm -hmm. even though it's a cooperative game, there are cards that pop up that call that are called uh, dysfunctional family cards, and you have to battle each other. <laughs> which, if you know yes. Umbrella Academy, it one hundred percent fits the 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 theme of that, where it's just one big dysfunctional family where they are fighting with each other almost as much, if not more, than fighting whatever the bad guy is. Um, so uh, <laughs> I'm excited for that. I knew, Lauren, that you would be excited for that. It's coming out on Kickstarter sometime soon, but keep your eyes peeled. There's a link to it in the show notes. Um, you can you can check that out. And then finally, That's uh, exciting. the last thing, I've been uh, watching a lot of TV because I've been home alone this week. I've been quarantined and home alone. <laughs> Chandra and Cooper have been gone all week to Florida um, so I've had lots of time just to myself. Yeah. And uh, I watched an entire series of something that I'm going to talk about my, in my master category. But then the other thing that I've oh, been nice. watching is this show called Crossing Swords. Have you seen Crossing Swords? No, okay. it's about two see. middle schoolers at urinals. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. That's, no. Cro that's Crossing <laughs> Streams. <laughs> that's Crossing Streams. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the show Crossing Swords is a new show uh from some people that you have heard of and uh it's i don't think it's from the entire robot chicken family but for sure seth green oh. is a big part of oh, it oh i know what this is it's a hulu original it's a stop motion uh show a a real stop motion show like animated show but the characters are all made out of wooden peg figures like wooden dolls mm -hmm. and um the it takes place in this medieval time and you're they're there's this group of squires um, and uh, this family that has a son who's a squire and then a son who's a like a hobo clown, um, a <laughs> daughter who is a pirate, uh, like a pirate queen. And then yeah. uh, they're like their oldest son is um, he's a Robin Hood type character named Reuben the Rogue. <laughs> and they constantly hey. like banter and play back and forth about how how Robin Hood stole his his look from him and all these different things. Anyway, the show <laughs> is completely irreverent, totally inappropriate. Um, like, in no way, shape, or form should you ever attempt to watch this with any child of any age. Honestly, maybe not even anything less than 18. <laughs> like, it, it, gets, yeah. it gets pretty R-rated. Um, for wooden peg figures, too, like, you'd be surprised. But they there's nudity. <laughs> I'm doing air quotes. There's nudity. There's lots is of... Is there pegging uh, yeah. in the show? You could argue the whole show no is No comment. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's uh, it's, but it's very, very funny. It's very witty. the 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 writing in the show is fantastic. Let me let me run through who some of the uh, the voice actors are because I think this will get you excited. If I haven't already gotten you excited, uh, Nicholas mm -hmm. Holt 
plays Patrick. Hey. Yeah. He plays Patrick. Patrick. He's the the lead. There's a Patrick squire. and a Reuben in this show. Is there an Andrew? Oh, I'm sure there is. <laughs> no, there's not. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> um, so uh, Luke Evans plays the king. Uh, mm-hmm. Adam Pally plays Broth, which is kind of like the the, the sidekick, like the funny sidekick guy. He's like a almost like a uh, like a surfer dude, but in medieval times as a squire. <laughs> like it's it's pretty funny. Uh-huh. Um, uh, Alana S E R F surfer surfer. <laughs> yes, <laughs> <laughs> you were banging on all cylinders today, Patrick. I right, continue. Oh, I love You're it. redeemed from your previous joke. I really like that one. Yes, that is great. Um, Alana Ubach, do you know who that is? You would know her if you saw her. I'm trying to remember what else she's okay. been in. Um, Alana Ubach also is in. I just clicked on her on her link. She was in mm-hmm. uh, Coco. She was okay. in Legally Blonde Three, Jury Duty, El Tonto. I'm trying to find something that I would recognize her from. Uh, Mythic Quest. Oh, that's how I knew her. She's from Mythic Quest. Um, gotcha. And and she's from Kipo and the Age of Wonder Beasts. Look at that. Bombshell. World. Oh. A Million Little Things. Euphoria. She's been in a ton of things. All right. So anyway. What's her um, name again? A ton of things. Her name is Al- Alana Ubach. L-A-A. L-A-A. Yeah, that's right. I N-N-A. Yeah. Oh, I do know who this is. Now yes. I was like, her. yeah, you've seen her a thousand <laughs> times. I, just, I, I never knew yeah. her name. Um, Seth Green, of course. Tony Hale is in this. He plays Blarney, hey. which is the, the hobo clown. Um, brother mm-hmm. Adam Ray plays Ruben. Oh, so he's just like reenacting Arrested Development. It's it's <laughs> so it's so good. Um, and then there are some uh, some other uh, like cameo voice actors that pop in too that are just really exciting and really fun when you hear them. Um, anyway, I think there's ten episodes of this thing. It's a Hulu original. You can only watch it on Hulu. Go over and mm-hmm. and give it a look. It's very funny, very witty, very smart. But again incredibly inappropriate don't let the don't let the figures uh don't let the medium uh psych you out don't let it make you think that it's something that it's not it's actually very adult but it's very very fun and very cool so um i want toys of all of these characters because they are absolutely phenomenal i want to make some of my own i think that'd be so fun they look like those like i don't know what they're what that like style of toy is but it's like kind of like legos but like a ripoff yeah and like they had little bodies like that. I don't know, like, whatever brand it was, but, like, they look like old school toys. Well, they do look like old school toys. That that made me... Watching this show made me want to um, make the three of us as peg figures. I think that would oh, be yeah. super fun. Um, just seeing how they do it. They're very simple. The Their faces are very cute. They feel very retro, vintage toy. Um, hand pa- Everything's hand-painted. Um, I, I super want to do that. Um, I needed to like go to Michael's or something and get like all the or Hobby Lobby and get all the materials and I think that'd be a fun little. You're all by yourself. You have weekend all the project. time in the world. Andrew, yeah. I have a quick question. Okay. Um, does Maui not have nipples? Uh, you know that's funny. Some <laughs> images of him do have nipples. Some images of them don't. If they are there, every time I've seen them, every time I've seen them, and not all of the images that I saw were screenshots. So just right. for you know, so so for what it's worth, it's not like there's, there's some fan art out the there. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of it out there. Um, it, every time I have seen him with nipples, they've been tattooed on. Like, all of his tattoos go over them, but you see outline of them. Um, mm. so, so, in the actual film, do you not see any nipples in the film? Uh, I didn't see I, I didn't see any dominant ones where I felt like, Because I saw yeah, that you chose to go nippleless. I went nippleless. I did go nippleless. Um, nippleless. On yours. 
But I, I didn't felt know like I was... felt like of the images that I saw, more of them didn't have it than did. So I opted for that. So okay. yeah, um, very right. scientific decision. I just I, it's evidence based decision. Kind of democratic, but yes. <laughs> Um, <laughs> all right, that was uh, that was my week. You, Lauren, you had said something about mechanical pencils, and that uh, that's what made me oh, say yeah. I was the first. Uh, I draw everything with mechanical pencils, actually. So I have I have no bad feelings about using mechanical pencils. I look, I have one right here. I so love you, them. But do you not like even like your like your loose sketches and stuff like that? How do you how do you mm-hmm. how do you keep for like if you have to erase stuff? Because I feel like mechanical pencils the it's just so pointed like it it in indents the paper more than lays on top of it sure um i guess i don't press that hard <laughs> i don't know like i definitely like i do really like messy light sketches underneath and then like erases i go but having good eraser makes a big difference and that with a mechanical pencil because like um like they tend to like build up the like uh, yeah. lead around the like outside so I just kind of like have a scrap paper where I like wipe it off sort of and then um so the you use the I actual like called... on pencil eraser too as long as I can okay <laughs> but if I if you like drawing with mechanical pencils I suggest using magic rub uh brand erasers they're really good and then another thing that I like to do anyway um is like I draw on tracing paper a lot and that like can erase anything from it is so let me ask you this because it seems to me that even if you're able to erase it depending on how much pressure you apply you're still leaving like ridges in the paper right or yeah. like if you're yeah. doing a good job you shouldn't be doing that it depends yeah. on what but you mean by a like, good job my sketches are really messy because i do everything digitally like i don't really care what they look like like whereas like you're using the sketches like your final piece with yeah. like the maui thing like this to me it's just like a starting off point so i don't care if it's like kind of messy yeah, so that was my week, uh, Patrick. Why don't you uh, Why don't you take? <laughs> oh man, I'm going to. I have Tell so us all many... about armadillos. Apparently, I can't wait to learn about armadillos and whether or not they have nipples. I assume they have nipples. Do you think you could milk them? Hmm. Armadillo milk. That's like um, meet the parents. You can milk. Yeah, exactly. You can try hard enough. <laughs> could you milk me? Yeah. All right. Anyway, <laughs> a lot of stuff nipples, going Walker. on. Exactly. Uh, you know, I never even saw, I never saw any of those movies all the way through. I saw like half They're of the really first funny. one. I saw part of the second one. I think there were were there three or four. There were there's three. Two, there's I only two. saw two. There's only two. There's Meet the I Parents there three. and then Meet the Fockers. I thought there was a third yeah. one. Mm-mm. You're I sure there's not, not like I a think straight you're to of, video third one? I think you're thinking of Shrek. It could the easily third. be. Oh, listen, they've they've made like five Daddy's Homes, so why wouldn't they make like three Meet the Parents? <laughs> like. I think Whatever. there's only two Daddy's Home. <laughs> no, they have some straight to video versions of Daddy's Home. They, I'm telling you, man, they have more. They, are they like? Are they like the Home Alone Four, where it's not even Macaulay Culkin anymore, and it's like actually all, maybe I was at an yes. adult video store, and Daddy's Home is just something <laughs> completely just a, different. There's a whole oh, series. It was, called, it was called Daddy's Bone. That's what I'm sorry. <laughs> I was getting them confused. My bad. My bad. <laughs> a lot going on this week. I am going to talk about some pop culture stuff, but I'm going to just. I also had some tragedy in my life, and I wanted to to share some of my tragedy uh so I have, a, I have a book of tragedy um number w- one thing i tried to make a pizza and my pizza stone exploded in the oven i just wanted you to know what? that did you what? take it from the freezer and put it into the oven no like, i let it like the pizza what stone stays out it, like it's always out i put it in the oven i got it up to temperature because you, you need to yeah like, it doesn't heat up as fast as the oven does 
put the pizza on it and then like 30 seconds later like explosion noise pizza stone has broken apart what was the temperature you got it to yeah what happened 550 you when you cook a pizza you want to cook it as hot as you can nope nope not that hot not not in a conventional oven patrick when you listen listen Listen, if you go to like Sicily or some junk, they, uh-huh. cu- they cook their pizzas at like 780 in different degrees kinds or something. of ovens. Yeah, in Patrick. an oven, it's meant to go that high. Yeah, <laughs> that's what happened. You broke if your the own oven, pizza stove. No, if the oven can go that hot, then it's meant to go that hot. What are you talking? They're not going to give it, allow it to go to temperatures it can't go to. It's not the it's not the oven's fault. It's you putting the making that pizza stone go that hot. They're the not intended to go that is, hot. You want to cook a pizza hot because you want it to draw moisture really quickly, right? Otherwise, you're going to have like a soggy. You're not going to get that that crispy, crunchy you want to get. It's going to be soggy. So, like, you need to high high and fast. Do you know how long they cook a pizza? It, like, if y'all have all seen Ugly Delicious. Yeah, it's, like it's like 70 seconds. That's part of seconds. the thing is that you're doing it at home, so you don't yes. need to cook it in five minutes because you're not at a restaurant. Like, yes. No, but I want it to taste like I'm at a restaurant. Yeah, so well, I agree. Obviously, yeah, now, now your pizza is going to taste like shards. That's what your well, <laughs> your pizza is going to taste like. I agree that. Did that's, you mess with your oven? That's no, it's fine. I agree that stone clearly. It's not mine. I rent. That stone clearly Still. was not rated for 550 degrees. But I am saying you should cook your pizzas as hot as you can. That's sure. what I am. Okay, saying. And, and that's fine. That's I'm fine. also gonna give you a tip to make your like pizza crust nice and crispy that I do is like um, you pre-cook like one side and then um, like flip it over and do the toppings on that side and it stays nice and crispy and you don't explode your pizza stone. You still could explode the pizza stone because again, that's what I've learned. Um, (laughs) Second thing, uh, we're in Texas, it's hot. And so we have this, we use water to keep our grass from dying. So our sprinklers, <laughs> our sprinklers have been broken. Our sprinklers have been broken Uh-oh. for like eight months. It's been terrible. So Uh-oh. we got them fixed. And uh, Mackenzie was going out of town, but she like turned them on like two days or the day before she goes out of town. So I'm I'm like alone for like two weeks, and I just realized like man, the sprinklers are running a lot. Like I, they're they're on again. But what I also noticed is that it's hot. The birds started really liking my house because there was like always a puddle of water or something, and so I felt like. Like, I'm helping nature and contributing to society oh. and so whatever. But, I mean, I did think, like, my water bill is going to go up. But it's not a big deal. When Mackenzie comes back, we'll sort it out. So, Mackenzie came back. We fixed the sprinklers. They run at normal intervals now. Uh, my water bill is normally $80, $85 a month. Uh, the water bill that I got for this month is $340. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the second tragedy. Oh my god! I, I just can't, Patrick. Well, your hey, water you bill help is nature and all these great things. Your water bill is almost as much as the temperature you use to explode your pizza stone. That's, that's true. Crazy. Oh, oh wow! Yeah, I'm telling you guys, you got those are rookie numbers. You got to pump those numbers up. Um, <laughs> the last, and then the the last thing that has not worked out. So I'm trying to buy inline. I'm trying to buy like inline skates. Because for yourself? Yeah. Go. For myself, yeah. Recognizing that if I was to fall, it would probably be, it would probably kill me. Like it's, You'd be it's dead. Like, yeah, you'd, I, you I should would also buy like pads and not just skates. It'd be like a <laughs> normal person falling off of a, a two-story building. 
Yeah, the amount of like <laughs> the amount of like stored energy that I'm gonna bring with me to the ground, like it's gonna be it's gonna be absolutely nuts. I bet I bet there would be a if they were videoing it, you would see a visible shadow retreat from your body momentarily and then slam back into it's your kind of like corpse. when someone gets electrocuted and you yeah. see their skeleton for like one <laughs> yeah, frame. <it'd> be like that. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, the thing is, it turns out finding size 15 rollerblades not easy. Now, Rollerblade, the mm. company, has an XL series that goes from 14 to 17 and a half, which is great. All the 15s are sold out. But when I was looking around, I stumbled upon uh, some roller skates that were pretty yeah. rad. And then, so I, this is this is what I'm bringing us to, which is, uh, this is fun fact time with Patrick. And that's that Lauren used to don a set of roller skates and beat up other girls. Yes. Uh, <laughs> doing a yep. thing called roller derby. And in fact, if you want to see some of the people that Lauren has skated, I'm assuming against, I don't know, maybe with, I'm not sure. There's a Netflix Mostly special. Right. There's a Netflix special that goes over like kind of unique sports in different parts of the world. And one of the episodes is on the Austin roller derby scene. And so there's like a 40 mm-hmm. minute or 30 minute episode about Austin roller derby. So if you want to see exactly the kind of stuff Lauren was doing, just go watch that. But I was, but Lauren, my question to yeah. you was what, what, mm-hmm. what brand skates did you get? And how do you pick out good roller derby skates? Well, my first pair of skates was a hand-me-down pair of skates. Uh, just cause like I was learning and I wasn't sure how committed I was. Cause skates is something that you can spend like, hundred dollars to like easily spend a thousand dollars on depending on like what you want um yeah so i definitely like got advice from other people i like rydell skates um they do a lot of cool stuff where you can like customize them now but i just kind of had like a set out of the box um and then you definitely should get like pads and all that stuff too because just to be safe especially when you're learning can i just say Uh, that when you get yours patrick i want us to go to houston and I want yeah. you two to roller derb. It's just when it, when it's just one group. It's a it's a derb, right? It's a derb. I want you yeah. guys to roller derb <laughs> together, and I will just sit yeah. back and watch with my popcorn and a bottle of ice cold Coca Cola while you guys joust on the blades. There's a couple oh, reasons yeah. that's a lie. One is that Andrew doesn't drink Coca Cola. Two <laughs> is that <laughs> I am not allowed on a roller derby track. Because I will just leave grooves in it, which is then the do, problem. Then just do, so. street, do street style. No, see, okay. So I used to play where we just did flat track. So like you're just standing on concrete, not um, necessarily the like bank okay. track version. I can stand on concrete. I will say I was thinking about the fact that rollerblades do kind of uh, narrow my where I'm applying force. You know, normally it's spread out over yeah. my entire foot. Now it's going to be spread out over like uh, you're going to have the, a the, really the strong middle ridge of your foot <laughs> after you're done doing this. <laughs> yeah, or a really broken ankle, one or the other. But <laughs> yeah. we'll see. Maybe both. No. <laughs> Who knows? But that show on you Netflix get, is like, called. If you get roller derby style skates, they're like literally um, a tennis shoe like on wheels, which is much more comfortable too. They're Andrew, will you get skates. roller derby style skates as well? Can we all three go? If you get roller yes. derby style skates, Patrick, I will 100% get roller derby style skates, and I will still sit there while you guys do that, and I'll eat my popcorn <laughs> and drinking my ice cold. I'll cold teach cold. you guys yeah. how to cross over. It'll be fun. So that show on Netflix <laughs> is called Home Game, if you want to find it. And I want to say it's like episode three or episode four, but every yes. episode is just a different sport, and there's some cool ones in there. All right, so now I'll, I'll actually briefly talk about something that is pop culture related sorry to everybody i realize this is a creative pop culture show 
and I have talked about like home and gardening for the last 15 minutes and I, I'm sorry um Hashtag bad baking advice. I feel like you'd be like the first <laughs> contestant on Great British Bake Off to like plot against the other people. Like, <laughs> didn't you see that one person take the other person's frozen dessert out of the the freezer yeah. or whatever? Yeah, but it was they, an accident, and she it like was literally not an cried. It like, was <laughs> not an accident. That was done on purpose. It was vindictive. Yeah, those British. They're known. <laughs> They're so mean. The thing is, it's so passive. It's it's passive. Everything's passive aggressive. It's just like ninety eight percent passive. <laughs> <laughs> it's just highly <laughs> passive, but it's aggressive. Um, okay, the game the game is called Family by Owl Skip. We're gonna put this um, in the show notes. It's Owl underscore Skip. This game is very interesting. <coughs> uh, so the idea is that. Um, uh, they describe it as a game of musical genealogy. So you play this game in your browser, and you have a list of people. And outside of that list of people, you have a a kind of diagram of bands and band members. And there's some arrows drawn drawn that will let you know that this band member left and went to this band, or or you know these two bands formed this group, right? So you get to almost see like a it looks a bit like a family tree. It's just all musicians. But none of the names are filled in. And so through the music you're provided and through the interview snippets you're provided, you have to try to go through and figure out which names belong to which bands. And the thing is, people can leave groups and form new groups and they can play different instruments when they change groups. And so it's Mm -hmm. uh, and there's a good number. I mean, I want to say it's like, I don't know, I'd guess like 30, 35 names, maybe 40 names that you have to fill in. Uh, and I I probably sat there and played the game for an hour and a half, and uh, I I love it. I love it. It's it's you know it's a puzzle. That's what it is. It, it's almost like sometimes you do an escape room and you get one of those real quick, like mm-hmm. you know, like find the person that did this and then use the letters of their name. You know, it's like that type of thought process. But that's what the entire game is. Uh, really, really addictive if you like that kind of stuff. And again, it's played in your browser and it has a very heavy music component which is very interesting now i believe all the music is original music and i say that because i know one of the people that recorded vocals for one of the songs so i think that all the music was created specifically for this game uh but they do such a convincing job of putting it together So it's not real bands i don't know i don't think it's real bands i think but that's what i'm saying they do such a good job of putting it together that that it's completely believable so th- we had someone in our uh, Slack community actually participated with the game, and that and they ended up sharing it. So I would have never heard about this had they not shared it. So for you that are listening right now, you would have probably never heard about it if this chain didn't happen. So just join the Slack community, cut the middleman, that's me, cut me out of this equation. You can find out about this stuff directly. Just go to M of One Podcast, or no, M of One dot network. Oh my gosh, that's the old web address. M of One dot network. Click the Slack link. You can join there. But very very fascinating if you like puzzle games then then that's it right there your detective game of musical genealogy what a great little subline all right that's it for me lauren let's finish it up cool this ties in like perfectly with yours because uh i also learned about this in our slack from uh matt can draw we were talking about in the uh tv discussion thing what people have been watching and I'm like so obsessed with this show. Have you guys heard of I'll Be Gone into the Dar- or Into the Dark? Yes. So I've heard of In the Dark or Into the Dark or whatever it's called. And I've- I'll Be Gone in the Dark. Sorry, I yeah. said it wrong nope. the first time. Never mind. Have not heard of it. 
Yes, I think I there's a show called In the Dark. But it's anyway, a show. It's a. It's a. It's based on a book. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, I'm gonna kind of give you the like outline and see if you guys sound interested. So it's a true crime documentary uh, that is talking about the Golden State Killer. And if you did not hear about this, or you might have heard about it, like couple years ago because they just arrested this guy in like 2018 um he committed like 50 rapes and 13 murders and a book was written about it like andrew mentioned by Patton oswald's wife and two months after this was published yeah the guy got caught yeah <laughs> i and knew that it, i too it, it got published after she passed away yeah, she passed yeah. away in the middle of writing her book yeah. from an accidental drug overdose, which is also part of this documentary, which makes it really, really interesting. Yeah. So it's like about the killer, but it's also about like her investigating it and how that led to him getting caught. Wow. And so right now it's on um, when this when our when this our episode airs, five out of the six episodes of the show will have aired. So um, there's just one left, so you have time to catch up before the like finale. And like, man, this show is like. I think about this like a lot in between episodes and it's like just so creepy and weird and like I keep having like just like read stuff online about this story because it's what just platform like is it so on? insane. Uh, it's on HBO. Okay, HBO. So like uh, very much reminds me of the jinx like especially because of the fact that like that led to the guy getting caught as well. Um, but like I mean the jinx is kind of like a once in a... I've never heard of the jinx. Not even lifetime, like once in a universe occasion where somebody like admits to the crime on camera. <laughs> wow. No, but, I, haven't, I haven't heard of that. Oh, this is another like true crime documentary show that probably like kicked off me like getting as interested in this genre as I did because it's like one of the craziest stories ever. Like this, they have like, uh, you should just watch it. I don't want to okay. say too yeah, much. Say, yeah. I'll, I, I love that yeah. stuff. So I'll, I'll just watch it. Yeah. But like, um, kind of the like big thing about that show was that like the during the guy like basically was like begging to be part of the documentary they let him be and they asked him a bunch of questions and he they they basically like painted him into a corner like awesome. like on it's yeah it's crazy so hbo is just like killing it uh with these like documentaries and this one is really good they have a like podcast that goes along with it like they've been doing for a lot of their shows lately and that's also really good i feel like they've added a lot with that especially because uh michelle Nem Blech. michelle mcnamara was a very active podcast person so like a lot of her friends are involved with that and so it's just like interesting to hear their stories about her as well so i'm just this show is amazing and uh catch up before the finale it's so good okay yeah sounds great i'm down is that it that's pretty much all i've been doing yeah i've been all like right. catching up on work all week so i don't have anything too exciting to talk about i just okay. watched all my reality well then let's uh <laughs> then let's jump out of this and head over into our master categories here comes the master categories every week we talk about things in the pop culture world that are either new to the world or just new to us and uh well, that's what we're gonna do right now patrick why don't you kick us off yeah absolutely before i do there's one more thing i've been meaning to mention on the show and uh here it comes fully is a company that makes uh really products for your workspace so desks chairs things like that um and uh, i bought a standing desk from them probably about four years ago uh, might have been five years ago it's been a minute uh, i had a motor go out on it i reached out to them to try to buy a replacement and they just sent me one for free so oh, it's nice. super awesome and super easy i've only ever had good experience with them so if you yeah. are looking for a standing desk or, or if you're looking for a chair or something like that let me recommend 
fully to you. Some people think that because that that the the mere fact that the motor went out would imply that it's not good. But if a company makes good on something that malfunctions, that is still indicative of a good company. Yeah, you know, well, and and there's a reality too, which is that stuff happens. Yeah, you know, so I when it's something, if it's something that happened in the first three or six months of ownership, I might be upset, or the first year of ownership. Going on four or five years and yeah. a couple of moves, who knows what I have done to create the problem or, or you know, it's it's not a big deal. Uh, but the fact that they just so willingly, no questions, just handle it. I mean, I, I think I got mm-hmm. in touch with them and I had a new, I say a motor, I, I mean to say it's the brain, it's the brain that tells the motors what to do. It's like uh, the black box, basically. I had a new one sitting in my house within like three days. Yeah, that's it was, awesome amazing so uh but always had great uh service from them and great response from them all right so i saw this thread come up on uh, a website that has threads <laughs> and it was about how Old much Navy? websites cost yeah it was about how much websites cost and i haven't really considered that so the reality is building a website is as accessible now as it's ever been it's as easy now as it's ever been and I hadn't really considered that maybe people don't understand all the pieces that go into it or that people may still be carrying over the knowledge they have from five years ago and don't understand the advancements that have happened. And our audience, there are a lot of people that want to have an established online presence because they ultimately want to sell a product to someone else. And so it's a very good question of, well, how much does it cost to have a website? How hard is it to have a website? Uh, so I saw a lot of misinformation bouncing in this thread. And I was, and this is something I was literally reading this morning and I was pretty stunned at kind of how all over the place and how many people were speaking very factually while being completely wrong. It was pretty shocking. Although I think that's, <laughs> I think that's how the internet works. So that's fine. So I wanted to run through some options. I wanted to give you an idea of the components that are necessary if you're making a website and give you an idea of some of the platforms that are out there. So if you are looking right now, If you are looking at making a transition, let's say like away from Facebook into a standalone website then or or away from another social platform or just establishing a presence for the first time, this will give you an idea of of what's available to you, okay? So there's a couple options and those options depend on the ability that you have. So a website itself, uh, let's talk about the services you have to have. Uh, You have to have a domain. That's where someone finds you online. For us, it's mof1.network. For Google, it's google.com. That is a domain. Uh, and that domain is a standalone product. Now, there are services that will sell you a domain through their service, but you do not have to buy a domain through someone else's service. You don't have to buy it through Squarespace. You don't have to buy it through Go through GoDaddy. There's other options. You don't have to buy it, whatever. Um, the domain is a separate standalone piece. Domains go from anywhere from $2 to people i mean there's people that try to sell you one there are companies that pay millions of dollars if it's the right domain but most domains that you're going to purchase are going to be anywhere from two to twenty dollars a year it depends on how sought after the domain is it depends on what if it's a dot com or a dot net or a dot info or or whatever uh but you're going to spend anywhere from two to twenty dollars a year that's a yearly cost it's not a monthly cost it's very very inexpensive uh which is great Uh, The second thing you have to have is hosting. This is where your files are stored. So when someone goes to your domain, then 
they have to be directed, they have to be shown your website, right? So they have to be pointed to where all your files are stored, where your web pages are stored, where your data is stored. So those files are going to be hosted somewhere. So hosting is the second thing you need to have. Um, and that, some platforms have hosting built in, some platforms it's not built in, all right? So with some it's coupled into the price. Like if you were to buy, sh uh, uh, set up a Shopify site, you are paying for hosting, but that is figured into the price that also includes the themes and the 24-hour support and all those and the e-commerce functionality and, and whatever. Okay, that's coupled in. If you're to go build a standalone, let's say, WordPress site, you may need to find a host. And there's a lot of options there. Now, there are very inexpensive options. Uh, you can you can find two, three dollar, five dollar a month options. Um, and, and you can configure everything else uh, yourself, set up everything else uh, yourself. You know, you can spin something up on DigitalOcean. That's great. What I would recommend if you don't have technical knowledge and you do need a host because you aren't getting it through a platform like Squarespace or Shopify or, or whatever, spend more money. Plan on spending up to $30 a month for your host because what you're buying is not just somewhere to store your files you're buying someone's 24-hour availability that has technical knowledge that can solve a problem for you. Right. If, if, if something gets, mm -hmm. you know, if your site is compromised and someone puts malicious code, they'll go in there and clean it out for you. They'll do regular backups for you. Uh, so that way, if, if something gets, uh, you know, uh, again, something gets destroyed for some reason, they can just, you know, put up yesterday's backup. You're paying for a lot of other services, so what I would say is plan on spending about $30 a month. That is a reasonable price to pay for a solid hosting. Uh, and if you're looking for something WordPress specific, uh, I'll go and recommend Flywheel. I think that's great. I've also, I mean, I've used WP Engine and, and uh, Parthenon or whatever it's called and Flywheel and all these other things. If you're not tech savvy, I would just say Flywheel. It's probably the way to go, which is funny because WP Engine bought Flywheel, so they're really the same company, but it's still two different products. So I would go the Flywheel route. It's a little bit less expensive. So that's what I would do on hosting. So now let's move to the last piece. So you have a domain. That's where people find you online. That domain points to a host if you need a decoupled host. And the last bit is your actual site itself. Now there's a couple main considerations, uh, which is what does your site do? If your site is a big advertisement, and what I mean to say a digital poster, it's images and text. You don't need a lot. Okay, that's very simple. The other option, and what most of our listeners probably are looking for, is something with e-commerce built in, which is to say people have the ability to purchase something, maybe create an account, maybe see it, the history of their purchases, maybe leave ratings and reviews that will aggregate over time so other people can see how nice something is. Maybe it does some type of like inventory management and then also helps generate shipping labels, all that kind of stuff. So when we talk about e-commerce, that's a, a really small word for a really big set of possible functionality. But what I would say is if you want e-commerce, yes, there are things you can set up to do it yourself. Yes, WooCommerce is free and WordPress is free and you could cobble it all together if you want to. Don't. If you're doing e-commerce, I'm just going to go and recommend Shopify to you. That's the way I would go. They have a lot of, uh, a broad range of things. Um, as far as prices, you can pay as, I, I want to say one of the, um, their cheapest plan is about $10 a month, which is their Shopify Lite. You don't actually get a storefront. This is if you want to integrate e-commerce into an existing website. You get what's called buy buttons. You're going to drop a script on your website, and it's going to have the full cart functionality. If you go to MF1's website right now, mf1.network, and go ahead and buy the uh, Totem pin that we're advertising on the homepage, 
when you click to purchase, a shopping cart's going to uh, pop up. It's going to show you what's in inventory. It's going to give you the price. It'll walk you through the checkout. Go ahead and pay for it. But that is a buy button. That's $10 a month, okay? Go through that, that whole process. Make sure you pay for it. And once you've done it. that, then you'll know how that works. <laughs> then you'll see how a buy button works. <laughs> So you're paying $10 to learn a really valuable lesson. Yes. Um, that's, so anyway, that's easily worth $15 to $20. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so if you already have a website and you just say, man, I want to add e-commerce functionality to my website. And when I say e-commerce functionality, the, the very basic, there's a product, there's a shopping cart, and someone can make a purchase without having to leave my site. Shopify Lite is the thing for you. It's like $10 a month. If you don't have a website, you're going to pay $20 a month, I believe. I don't have the prices in front of me. $20, $25 bucks a month, whatever. And that's going to get you Shopify's hosted plan that hosts your site files. It has e-commerce. Um, and it's also going to give you a storefront. So you're going to be able to select a theme. You're going to be able to go in and customize your theme, change out pictures, colors, font, family, all that kind of stuff. But it's going to be everything you need in one. Okay, that... I honestly, if you don't, again, if you don't have a lot of technical knowledge and you need e-commerce and you're starting from scratch, that's what you should be doing. Just tell you, I know that there's other things available. I have used all the other things available. I, I can't, I, I, I just go that direction. All right. So outside of that, that gives you an idea. So we're, we're and they have levels too. They have like a, a personal level and a business level. And so those prices will continue to climb. Um, and then outside of that, the other option, if you do have technical experience, then you probably already already know all this stuff. And of course, you can pick any number of, you know, CMSs or tech stacks, and you can put this stuff together yourself. And of course, there's, you know, decoupled options and semi-coupled options. And, and it's just kind of like the world is your oyster. But for the average person listening, these are the recommendations I would make. If all you need is a blog, you can probably just spin something up on WordPress, and that's going to work fine for you. All right? Uh that's an easy way to go. There's a lot of themes out there. Find a theme that is 95% of the way to what you need. Make a couple custom customizations. If you want something that's visually a bit more custom and you're a designer, use something like Webflow. It's It has a nice editor, has a lot of drag and drop functionality, but as long as you have designer sensibility, you can put something there and it is generating code in the background for you. You're not having to do anything. So as a des if you're a designer, you want something that feels like it's yours, but you're not a developer, Webflow is the way you need to go. If you want e-commerce and you're starting from scratch, go with Shopify. And if you have an existing website and you want to add in cart functionality, Shopify Lite is awesome. But for all of these options I've just named, so domain, hosting, e-commerce, it does not matter which combinations of those that you choose, you are not going to be paying more than $35 a month. That's it. Okay, so this is not super expensive. Now, I know some people, $35 a month feels like a lot. I mean, that's my Netflix subscription and my Hulu and my Disney+. Plus. I don't know why we all have so many streaming platforms, but you understand what I'm saying, you know? Because there's not one thing that has everything. <laughs> hey, we're everything. just keeping up. It's not our fault. Yeah. <laughs> so $35 might sound like a lot, but if you have a good product, which of course you believe you do or you wouldn't be investing the time to release it, you probably don't need to sell many to cover the price. You know, $35 a month is selling three or four pins. $35 a month might be selling one or two prints. And so from that standpoint, it covers itself very quickly. Uh, you should not be paying $80 a month. You should not be paying $200 a month. Uh, you can do it for that. Now, outside of the website, so domain, hosting, e-commerce, that website bit, uh, 
There's two other things you need to do if you set it up. One is going to be you need to make sure you have analytics so you know what the heck is happening and so you can make decisions down the road. If you don't know how to read your analytics, if you don't know how to make sense of it, that's fine. You don't need to know that today, but you need to start tracking it today. If and then you can using, pay Patrick to help you read it later. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can pay me and help you read it later. Uh, Google Analytics uh, is very easy. It's free. This is something that you can set up yourself. I think google.com slash analytics or analytics.google.com. One of those will get you there. Uh, and you can set you can basically set up um, a, a, a site to be tracked. It's going to give you a, a four-line code snippet that you're going to drop in the head of your website. And it's going to tell you exactly where to drop it. If you're using a platform like, again, Shopify, Squarespace, Webflow, they, they probably have a spot on their website where they tell you, drop in your Google Analytics code here, you know. Um, so you're going to want to make sure that, that you're tracking what's happening on your site because you want to know who's visiting, where are they visiting from, what devices are they using, how long are they on my site, uh, where do they get hung up. If you see a lot of people exit when they hit a certain page, maybe something's wrong on that page you need to fix. All of this stuff helps you make better decisions about how you improve your site in the future. And the, the other thing you're probably going to want is some type of mailing service so you can email people. So you can send out newsletters or welcome series or tell people about sales you have and all that kind of stuff. If you have no idea where to start, I would just spin up a MailChimp. Very easy. It's free for up to 500 subscribers, I believe. And it's going to have integrations with all these platforms we just talked about. So none of this stuff, you're going to have to write code. If you use common services like this, they'll have integrations built that you can plug in. So I would recommend spinning up a MailChimp. Very easy to do. So that's those are the services. Now, there's a lot of places to get distracted from there. There's a lot of stuff you could do. If you have questions about any of this, if you have, if you say, I just want to add this piece of functionality, or I want to change this thing, or I don't know how to update this, or I'm thinking about changing platforms, whatever, reach out to me. Just hit me up on uh, Slack or Patrick at M1podcast.com. I am happy to answer these questions. These are questions that I answer for the other two people on this podcast. And these are questions that I answer for people in our community. And these are questions that I've been like paid by companies to answer on behalf of really large clients. So I'm happy to answer them for you. And I'm not going to charge you money for it. I just want to make this easy. Uh, that cat is awesome. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Lauren has a cat. Lauren has a cat crawling on top the of last, her right really The last to be four minutes of, of Patrick's, of Patrick's ca uh, category. I tried to like chase him out of the room three times. And then I know. I to let him sit with me. And now he's just doing his own thing. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like, nestled behind you like <laughs> clawing at the chair behind you and patrick just trying to power through like a champ <laughs> no that's good so Un sorry. just like with unbroken eye contact just <laughs> i'm just gonna power through <laughs> now that is as much as i'm going to talk about now that is a ridiculously broad topic to talk about in what i hope wasn't more than like six or eight minutes there is that was 43 minutes <laughs> okay there's obviously a ton of there's a ton of caveats or some people say caveats which i think is dumb some people say caveats Yes, there's mm -hmm. there's obviously a, a lot of different like maybe you should stay on Etsy and you shouldn't move to a standalone platform. Maybe maybe selling through Instagram is the way for your business to go. There's tons of questions you can you can ask and answer and all that kind of stuff. But I'm just going to leave it there. If you have a question, hit me up. But as far as price, if you're curious, you should be able to set something up for nearly free, especially if you have some design inclination and you shouldn't be paying more than about $35 a month for all the services I just talked about. And then it's just a matter of finding the service that works for you. And here's the thing. 
use the wrong one to start with. That's fine. Realize where why it's wrong. Like if, if you pick a service that doesn't work for you, then here's what's awesome about that. You'll have a list of things that you do want from a service, and then it makes it a lot easier to pick one that does work for you. So don't hold off until you think you have the perfect thing figured out. Go ahead and make a step. Go ahead and invest in it now. It may be right. It may be wrong. It might be 60% right, whatever. But then use the information you learn to then know exactly what you want and make a better decision in the future. That's how we think about web now. It's iteration. It's small. It's constant changes. It's not we just do one thing, wait five years, and do something else. All right? Small, constant changes. So that's all that kind of stuff. Um, So that's it for me. If you have questions, feel free to ask. Um, And speaking of mailing lists... Thank you. Speaking of mailing lists, we actually have a mailing list you can join that Andrew's going to tell you about. Which mailing list? Oh, yes. Okay. We we have one. So, <laughs> here it a is. New one. Uh so last week we introduced this new uh offering that we have called the Maker's Dozen, which is a 13-question interview, written interview with artists and creators from all over the globe um and from all different mediums. And uh, we, we just rolled that out last week, uh, a week ago today, if you listen to this on release day. Uh, well, uh, we are now one week into that. We have, uh, today will be the sixth. Yeah, fifth, sixth, fifth, sixth, sixth. Today will be the sixth. <laughs> sixth. Uh, the sixth. Uh, or is it seven, Lauren? Yeah. It's six. Six. So um, we have six of these interviews out already, and they, they are going to be dropping one a day on the weekday. So five a week. That's a lot of, of content. But they're bite-sized. They're these quick little reads um, that give you an insight into these different artists. But you can, instead of having to go to our website every day and check in, you can now, on the Maker's page, you can ju- on the Maker's Dozen page, you can just put your email in, and it will send it to you um, every day. So if you want these popping up in your inbox, mm-hmm. you can start your day off uh, reading a few uh, fun and uh, enlightening questions uh, or answers from some really talented people, just go ahead and put your email in there and you can get these delivered to your inbox every single day. Um, it's a fun a fun project, mm-hmm. a fun entry point. I've already met a couple yeah. of people through it, which is funny because this is the thing that we're offering, but still um, I'm, I'm meeting some people and there's there's lots of, of really cool, so we've, we've already sent this to a lot of people. We know what we've already gotten back in. There's some really great content that's already out there and some stuff that is yet to come. Uh, so you're going to want to check these out. They're really fun. Uh, and we're having a good time with them. So just go to uh, mof1.network. Is it just slash makers? Yeah, you can go to slash uh, maker or slash makers. I think either one will get you there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, slash makers. And then we have our current interviews up there. And then at the bottom of that page, you can sign up for the mailing list. Yeah, you can get your mailing. Get it, go mm-hmm. get your, uh, your, your box of makers dozen delivered to... Your inbox each and every day. All right. Um, do you want me just yeah. to go ahead and my, do you mind? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. I'll go ahead now. So uh, there's this show that is not new. It's been out for uh, several years, um, and I had heard of it, uh, and I had even watched like the first episode a couple of years ago, I think, um, but had some time on my hands and decided to watch it. There are four seasons of it that are currently on um, Hulu. It is an FX offering. It was an FX show. I'm not sure if it's still going mm-hmm. or not. There definitely was a possible kind of conclusion. I don't remember. Um, if it's if it's over, it, it kind of has an end point, so that's good, but they could pick it up as well. But this show is called Baskets. Baskets is a show mm-hmm. um, with the, the lead as Zach Galifianakis, um, and he plays a... He plays 
twins. He plays himself as Chip Baskets, and he also plays Dale Baskets. So Chip and Dale um, are the <laughs> twin brothers. And uh, their mother is played, uh, her name is Christine Baskets, and played by Louis Anderson. And uh, it is quite a... I love that so much. I know, it is quite a show. Uh, so Christine Baskets... She has the two the two brothers uh, Zach and I'll, and I'll get into this in a second um, what they do mm-hmm. um, but she's got Chip and Dale baskets but then she also has another set of twins that she adopted and these twins are like really fit African American dudes who are who are twins <laughs> who, who are a DJ duo and they tour the globe DJing awesome. and they do all these different things so like the dynamics in this family are are just insane. Um, but so so Chip, uh, and you'll see this a lot in the promotional art. There's a lot of clown stuff. Well, Chip went over to France and did formal um, like French clown. He went to French clown college, mm-hmm. like clown school, to to get certified to be a clown. So he he is a like a quote unquote professional clown. Comes back to the states and can only and they live in uh, Bakersfield, California. Can only find a job as a rodeo clown. And so it's just, it's him trying to bring these French sensibilities and these miming and like this really subtle, like nuanced uh, stuff to a rodeo. <laughs> um, yeah. And so, and then his brother, Dale, is the, uh, he's not only the president, but he's also a student of Baskets Career College. <laughs> and they, they teach all <laughs> these crazy things. Um, the show is, is, is so unique like it truly is unique it is a comedy uh, but it's it's very much zach galifianakis's kind of comedy so there's there's a, always a tint of of darkness to it a tint of reality so like if you've ever seen like live at the purple onion um which is i think zach's like first like tv show or his it's the first, first uh, one i remember seeing yeah stand-up. yeah it's very very early stand-up um he it's dark like he kind of he shows some of his it's it's either a stage like it's either a presentation or it's it's just glimpse of his real life mind but you see a bit of like the depression and like self-doubt and the the anxiety all that stuff the like there's a bit of mental illness (laughs) that kind of comes out in it (laughs) this show is like a a uh an episodic version of that um things feel very real like they're simultaneously very real like they're very approachable Mm -hmm. in terms of the kind of people that they're interacting with and how they're interacting um it's a lot like uh peanut butter falcon in that way like patrick one of your things about peanut butter falcon was they like everybody other than shia labeouf just felt like real people like they didn't feel like they were yeah this is like that these feel like they're real people but there is also this sense of of like of uh it, it's just a little bit hyper version of reality so there's like everyone is taken mm-hmm. up to 11 um but but you can 100 percent identify with all these different characters that are ha- that are happening in the show um i don't want to give anything away because there is a story arc that continues all the way through so i'm not going to say anything about some of the later mm-hmm. seasons um but uh it's it's quite good the the writing is very good you'll find yourself rooting for different characters at different times um, you'll find yourself frustrated with different characters at different times. Um, but the the acting and the, the the development of the characters is very, very solid. And so um, I've wa- I watched all four seasons in three days. 
So oh, wow. uh, yeah, it's it was a lot. Now each episode only like twenty five minutes. Maui. What? Yeah. Yeah, I had to watch. <laughs> yeah, I just I started episode one, season one, when I started Maui, and then I finished. Yeah. Uh, I finished season four when I finished. <laughs> um, but anyway, baskets. Uh, I I highly recommend this show. It's uh, it's it's quite good. It's maybe not for everybody. If you're not a fan of Zach Galifianakis yeah. comedy, and I'm not talking like like the like the Hangover, because um, that's right. not primarily Zach Galifianakis. But like again, if you've seen like Live at the Purple Onion or some of his other things that are just him, like uh, a mm-hmm. good ex- okay, um, uh, Between Two Ferns, and yeah. um, what's the one that he does with his where he has a a Baptist brother? Yeah, I, no- I, oh, is that Purple movie, Onion? Right? That happens in Purple Onion. Oh yeah, okay, so yeah, that is Live in at the Purple Onion. That that's interspersed amongst yes. his stand-up. But the idea is that it's there's a a bit of the humor is going to be derived from. Oh, I don't know if I should be laughing at this, but I feel kind of uncomfortable, yes. so I'm going to laugh. Yes, like that's yes. going to be like a bit of it. Yeah, that's that's exactly it. So, um, anyway, mm-hmm. Patrick, I think you would absolutely love this show. It's on. I Hulu. will absolutely love it. When um, I I wish you told me about it the other night. And I don't know why I haven't started watching it yet because this is like this ticked all the boxes for something I will love. Yeah, it absolutely will. So, um, all right, Lauren, take us home. Okie dokie. Yeah, I'm going to talk about Comic-Con at home. (laughs) I cannot believe we did not. I mean, you are. So so you're doing it. I can't believe we're this far into the show. And before we have someone not, mentioned Comic Con. Before someone mentioned Comic Con, since it literally just happened, and we all had the ability to participate. Well, it's technically. I mean, like still literally, happening. like as we are recording, like some of it is. I think it just ended at. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. It's California time, so there's still a little bit more. There's one going more on. panel or something. Yeah. Yeah, like the last one I think is at six o'clock California time, so it's still going. <laughs> um, I I mentioned this last week in our around the table just to kind of like spread awareness, but I I was excited and like hopeful that this would be fun because um, there's never been an at home version. I didn't know what this would be exactly, but like it seemed like an easy way for a lot of big companies to like put out something for this and be involved and kind of just do something fun, um, you know, to promote all their stuff. And I hate to say this because like I was really excited about all of this, but uh, unfortunately the whole thing was kind of disappointing. Almost all of the panels were pre-recorded and I don't think that they used that to their advantage. Only one of them that I saw was like edited at all, like with using the pre-recorded like Zoom meeting, which was the um Bill and Ted's Oh gosh, I forget what the new one is called. Um, but you know, like the new, the third Bill and Ted movie that's yes. coming out. Like, and they had done it where like all of the um, the boxes for the actors were look like the little phone booth windows. So I thought that was kind yeah. of clever. But sure. like all the other ones were just straight up like a Brady Bunch Zoom meeting. You know, the um, I watched a panel on the uh, on Crossing Swords, and they did they made all of the panels look like they're in scrolls. So they did a really good job okay, of post, yeah. a post production for that one. Good, good. I'm glad to see that there was like more that did a little something with it because I was like, uh, like I didn't know, like considering that they made an effort to pre-record all of them, I didn't see anybody actually like using that to their advantage in any way, like including editing out issues or anything. Um, So I don't necessarily know why they decided to do it that way because I think it kind of killed a little bit of the magic that is what is fun at those panels is the like live of it and like you know 
Um, this was mainly just limited to the people, obviously, in the Zoom meeting, but the only panel I watched where they had, um, sorry, I'm looking for the right word, like fans come in on the meeting was the um, Bob's Burgers panel. And that was like the most fun one that I saw because they spent most of the panel answering fan questions and they had them call into the Zoom meeting so they were like part of it and they would, you know, talk to their question and um, That's cool. that one was like definitely the most fun. I, I thought overall the more fun ones were the ones that were cartoons because it's just funny to hear the cartoon voices from the real actors. Like I didn't realize that in Solar Opposites, the actors who play the kids, uh, Yummy Lack and Jesse, those are their real voices. And I would have sure. guessed that they're kind of exaggerated because they're really silly voices. But watching but no, just they just have people, silly voices. Yeah, they're just very silly voices. people. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, especially the girl who plays Jessie just sounds like she's about to cry all the time. <laughs> you know, really I'm funny. sure that, yeah, you lose the magic of interviewing Tom Holland and him spoiling everything that's going to happen in the next Marvel film but by yeah. not having it, I mean, by having it pre-recorded. Like, you yeah. take away that possibility. I understand that that's obviously easiest for people's schedules. It, it prevents... Um, you know, some technical issues, like what if you're having a big panel and like someone can't connect or someone's internet's bad or whatever. So I see all the reasons why you would do it. And I can partly see why they might say, well, even though it's pre-recorded, we want it to feel like it isn't pre-recorded, but it's just not going to, I, you know, I have to film some stuff every week uh, right now during quarantine time. And it's the thing that I talk about is if you want you, you you need to go to an extreme. Like, you can try it to make everything super polished and super whatever, or it needs to feel super loose and casual. But if you try to, like, polish some things and not polish other things, it's like the uncanny valley, something's weird, or this feels lazy type issue. So, Yes, yeah, I and I, I think this definitely landed in the, like, middle ground limbo that you're talking about because, like, they could have just put in a, I think, like, 10 to 15% more effort and made this such a much more special thing for everybody, including the people who are part of it. Cause I thought most of the hosts that I saw were terrible, which that's like, why, why is this a problem? You get really good people every year when it's like right. a live event. So like, this makes no sense to me where these people came from. And like, even like the, what we do in the shadows panel was one I was super excited to watch. Um, they like, I didn't understand it. They got Haley Joel Osment to, um, moderate it which i thought was cool but i've also watched all the before the shadows stuff that um harvey gillen the guy who plays uh guillermo does and i thought that he would have been perfect and like there's like one yeah, less person you have he, to worry about wasn't him. he on it though like the yeah, idea would but, be that like, you want you want someone who's a third party who can ask questions of the entire cast right but having maybe seen his other show that he does where he interviews people in the show with him you know like it, it works and so i was like they might well have just done that and i think it would have been because he knows those yeah. people so well it would have maybe had like a different kind of vibe because all of the panels i watched were very like formal feeling like uh, very like only like I think the solar opposites one and Bob's Burgers were the ones where people like got looser and were like having fun, but I think it's because they're used to like improving with each other. Right, a lot. and they they drink a lot. You know, the interesting thing <laughs> to me is how bad. Uh, there's some really talented hosts, like really really talented hosts, when they have an audience mm-hmm. and they have someone sitting beside them, and then you put them on a a call. Or like an, a primarily audio yeah. thing, and they are garbage. Mackenzie watches live with Ryan and Kelly. All right, so mm-hmm. this is this would be like 
like obviously n- these are two people that are known for for hosting, right? Yes. Uh, it is amazing how bad Kelly is in this format. Like in the sitting in yeah. her own format, it is so dry and so boring. And which uh. is bizarre because in the studio, she, she's like a bit of a, a firecracker and a bit of a wild card a little bit. And it is completely gone. Now, Ryan still does a, a really good job, but also he's he tends to do a lot of radio and things. You know, he's right. yeah. he has she's a lot more like platforms. probably like used to being around on. other people and yeah. like that you know, like reacting to what they do and things. Every I'd bit maybe. of energy has been completely sucked out of her. So anyway, it's just fascinating to watch that, like the watch the hosting world and how upset it all is right now. And you know, yeah. some people that do very well standing up in front of a hall of people are just so dry and boring when you, when you put them in this format. Now us, on the other hand, we're professionals. Yeah. <laughs> now put it now put us live. Totally. We're terrible. We get so well, dry. I, I was gonna say of us, I think Andrew is the one uh that would do probably just as well live as this format. I for sure am garbage in front of people. <laughs> I, you I've just never get sweaty done that before and I'm terrified of the idea, but <laughs> I get sweaty recording audio, Andrew. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm the same way. Like I can't I hate being in front of people. I sweat really bad out of my nipples. Did you (laughs) out of your nipples? (laughs) Um, Lauren, do you? I think that's just lactation. uh, It doesn't matter. Do you? um, It's like a milky substance. (laughs) Is that? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Do I what? Do you? Did you buy anything? (laughs) Um, From Comic Con, just to be clear, not actually. I just thought you were going to ask me something different for some reason. Uh, I've been because we were talking uh, about nip- nipple, <laughs> nipple sweat. Yeah, I could see, I could see where maybe some of the confusion came. <laughs> You're saying you uh, didn't buy as much as Jedi Robbie's and Wilsey? Yeah. No, but I'm, I'm kind of broke right now, so I was well behaved. Uh, but um, Scott C did a ton of releases, and I love his stuff. Uh, I have like all the great showdowns books and stuff, and I got the pin set that he did of the uh from midsomar where it's like the girl in the flower outfit and then the the boyfriend in the bear the may <laughs> the may queen dress yeah which yes, sold awesome. for an s ton of money you got um, once you got one set of it right because i saw on your, your no story. i so why'd you get two i got each we got each got one <laughs> why like why did you each get a set of them as opposed to one of you getting one and one of the other well, that was what I suggested, but Trevor really, really wanted his own set. So I was just like, okay, okay. well, if you really want one, then All right. I'll get it for you. It's not a what's mine is yours situation yet, Andrew. I see. I see. It's still a what's oh. yours is yours and what's no, mine is mine. In my, in my mind, it would be... He takes his pins to work, so like I would never see it again. In my mind, it would be like he gets he gets the one with the, the May Queen and you get the bear. Like that's what I suggest. Yeah, that make that makes sense. That's it's like that's each having half of a heart is the yeah, idea. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Because this was something that we talked about doing as our Halloween costume because <laughs> we both like this movie and it was like this is messed up, but it'd be so awesome. Except but the it was May just, like, Queen, a little bit too ambitious. Totally messed up. Except the May Queen is <laughs> celebrated and the bear gets dissected and set on fire. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. Indeed. Yeah, a little bit different. It's also like the most messed up couples costume, but in like the best way. (laughs) It is depending. Well, yeah, depending on which characters you're going as, it's a pretty messed up couple. Uh, I I actually, the more we talk about it, the more I want to watch that movie again, which is weird because walking out of the theater, I was was disappointed uh, to say the least. Like 
but then the more I talk about it, the more that I would. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, it's weird yeah. because Andrew and I, independent independently of each other, both decided the same thing, which was to purposefully not buy anything Comic Con related this year. Yeah, it like I, it was at home or no, no, no. It's no, we're not making a. It, there's no you. statement being made. Okay, it's just this idea okay. of there's always going to be something else. You can spend your money today, but next week there'll be another great release, and the week after there'll be another great release. And so right now, because it's so concentrated, it would be easy to just drop a grand on a bunch more stuff that I have to go flatten and slide under a bed and throw on a shelf. And it was just, let's take the feeling of urgency, the need to refresh websites a thousand times, the hit to the bank account. Let's just take all that emotional stress and just throw it away. Yep. And then I, I can go buy something later, you know, when it's it's not yeah, that, this like Yeah. yeah. My, mine was, was there anything mine was, that you wanted? Like I mean, obviously yeah. not like so much because you didn't do it, but like uh, like what was the some of the things that you liked? I totally would have gone after anything? that that uh that Spider Man into the Spider Verse one that mom. I thought released. it looked good. It was mm-hmm. way good. Um, that, I liked that turtles backstage set or whatever yeah, it was. I, I, I thought that was super. I wanted the, funny, yeah. the turtles out of their shell tour NECA figures. For <coughs> sure, I wanted Sorry. those. Um, Andrew knows I want the Super Seven Snoopy. Yeah, that Super Seven Snoopy is incredible. Oh, yeah. You knew that too, Lauren, because you were at that with us. Um, oh yeah, yeah. So you got I another. Oppor- we go to things together. You got another yeah. opportunity for that, and and uh, <laughs> yeah, there's several things that I that I would have. Yeah, I could have easily spent a thousand dollars if I yeah. if I didn't say, you know what, I'm just gonna not. Now the one I did try to get those NECA figures, um, but they like I tried to get them locally because they mm-hmm. released them like in tandem with the online release, and uh, they just yeah. they, you can't find them. So um, no, so I I just decided, you know, I'm just gonna gonna ease, I'm gonna ease it's, back. It's so interesting, to, like see how everything went this year, and you know, because like I I definitely don't think anymore that this would be an option for like future comic cons if if the world is back to normal anymore after having witnessed and experienced this version so you would like, not just, do it this doesn't again. even it doesn't even compare a little bit like this is like the limp noodle version it's just not like if this is what comic con was no one would go it's the like, limp noodle <laughs> variant here's the deal if that was the variant patrick would totally buy the limp noodle <laughs> yeah but like uh since Comic-Con didn't, like, officially sponsor much of the sales, but, like, people did their own things, like Mondo did, Little Shop of Pins did, like, a whole bunch of other artists did, like, puns. But um, just it'll be interesting going forward to see how this affects things. Like, what did they learn from it? What do they keep from it? What do they, you know, yeah. evolve I, next? I did see one thing that I was very excited about, and I'm sure you saw this too, Patrick, but... Uh, Tom Whalen's announcement of his three-figure set with Sideshow. The the Brontosaurus one that has the space helmet on is yeah. beautiful. They're fantastic. Beautiful. Yeah. I, I think we need to have him back on the show for, for 10 with Tom and just talk to him about that kind of stuff because I think that – I think it's time. We're just – we're ready for us to talk to him Do you think again. we're going to see a lot more people uh, yeah. dive into the toy space? Like, like, do you think there's gonna so th- there's gonna be a feeling that maybe prints are really saturated, and so the way to stand out is to move into a 3D space? I think only for certain people's styles. Like, it makes sense for Tom's style because it's already so blocky and and almost feels like a turnaround. 
in its approach. But like Matt Taylor, I know he's done some stuff before where they took someone took Matt Taylor's art and turned it into a figure. But um, the <laughs> hey, there's two Lorens. Um, but I uh, but I don't think that his like he's not going to try to venture into that space. A lot of people won't. I think just based on their style. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I I understand like tiny media empire. I, I'm yeah, blanking on his yeah. name right now. Daniel Danger, I, I don't know. But you know what? He is the exactly the guy that would make a toy, though, because he, he's already done... He did uh, the model like, kit, remember? Yeah, well, that's uh, that's what I was remembering. That's yeah. the thing he does for MondoCon uh, every year is he would always say he wanted one super unique thing. So he did a board game one year, and um, I guess the model kit was a separate thing. So yep. he is actually exactly the guy that would do a toy. Yep. But I understand what you're saying. Like, some people... St- Tom's style just fits that like the 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 blending of the two is seamless yeah like he doesn't have to make a trade-off to turn his art into a toy right i think we're gonna see more i think that that's gonna be the way people stand out uh is we're gonna see more people do that um and i also think we're gonna see more people invest time into developing card games and board games which is good now i don't know if it's because i think the perception will be there's more money there or more attention there, or a bigger audience there. But I have a feeling some of these people that we've been following that are poster only, uh, mm-hmm. we're going to be see a big shift in the next year. I yep. think that the reason why is that because so many people have like kind of filled up their walls, they're buying a lot less posters, and so merchandise tends to sell a lot more at cons. Yeah, as because well, the, what the funny thing like is, pins, toys, all that stuff. Yeah. Sure, shelf yeah. stuff. The funny thing is, I hate buying posters. I hate buying posters. Because there's a 50% chance I will damage it before it makes it to my wall. <laughs> like it's, I, it depends it such how, a, like how I'm traveling and I'll, how big the poster is. I will go buy them from Mondo Gallery because I can drive there, lay yeah, it flat it, in the back of my car say, and drive home. I cannot fly somewhere else, buy a poster and have to get it home. That is, literally, that's stressful for me. It causes me stress. I buy stress. smaller posters out of town. To be I honest. would probably like roll d- it and ship it to myself. It. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, Gabby will kill me for saying this, but at the last, when we were at C2E2, she was trying to carry a really big poster home and it got dropped like five or six times, like down an escalator <laughs> oh in a door. Like it just like this poster is not going to make it home in one piece. And she had tried so hard to keep it safe. She it didn't, didn't roll it out. or tube it. She she had it rolled, but like we didn't have a tube for it, so we were trying to like keep it separate from all of our stuff. But we're carrying these big suitcases and all of our con stuff, and so it just like kept getting dropped. And like it was like this poor poor oh, poster that just caused me anxiety <laughs> thinking about it. Yeah. All right, it did make it home with like extremely minimal damage, despite what happened to it. Um, okay, I think we did it. I think we made it through this episode, and it's uh, a couple mm-hmm. minutes shorter than usual. So you're welcome, everybody. Um, we, uh, we <laughs> have still have some pins left up for pre-order and, um, do it. That's the pitch for those. As soon as the pre-order is gone, uh, you get, you do not get the extra items. And so if you want those extra items, now do it. If you're not interested uh-huh. in the pin, but you are interested in seeing how a Shopify liked buy button works, then go purchase the pin. <laughs> <in one. laughs> purchase Network. the pin. Yeah. You'll yes. get, you, you You'll will get, get a process. lesson and a pin. So that's like, right. that's kind of like a, that's like a double whammy. Win, and win. if you pre-order, you get the bonus item, so it's a win-win-win, a Michael Scott win-win-win. Yeah, so, that's a level five. Yeah, that's, that's where we all win, <laughs> including <laughs> me. 
Um, somehow I manage. All right, we're going to uh, hop out of this episode. You can find all the show notes and links to the stuff that we talked about over at mof1.network. Um, while you're there, you can find an archive full of things, including the new Maker's Dozen page where you can read some really fun uh, quick, tasty, bite-sized interviews. And uh, if you want to get those in your inbox, just put your email in the little um, the subscription thing at the bottom of that page. Uh, but you can also subscribe to the podcast over at iTunes and Stitcher and Spotify and all these other places. Subscribe to the podcast and then rate and review it. It helps us so, so much. It doesn't cost you any money, but it's super helpful for us. Um, and then you can support the show as well by going to Patreon, patreon.com slash mof1podcast. Two, four, and six dollars are the different tiers. And like Patrick mentioned last week, there might be something for you, a little extra special coming uh, just uh, just around the river bend, as they say in uh, Pocahontas. <laughs> Uh, 1996, I think, is when that movie came out. I don't know. That's a, I'm just memory. pulling that number out. But uh, just go do that. There's tons of different ways to, to get involved in the show where you can support and you can be a part of it. But then also you can join the conversation. Go to mof1.network slash slack and join the conversation in there with hundreds of other creatives all, from all over the world at all hours of the day um, talking about all these different topics. Uh, it's it's a lot of fun, and honestly, I learn a lot about stuff that's going on because of the Slack channel. You've heard multiple things mentioned mm-hmm. in this episode because that was that people heard about because of the Slack channel. So if you're not a part of that, join mm-hmm. the conversation there, and then join the conversation over on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Just hit us up there. It's M of One Podcast on all the different platforms. Um, but I think for now, you can find me at Andrew Sale with threes instead of E's. Lauren, I'm at Not Cool Co or Not Cool Company. And I'm at squatch.in. Squatchin'. <laughs> We're going to get out of this episode. I'm Andrew. I'm Lauren. I'm Patrick. Peace out. Adios. It was made in 1995.